Thanks for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Borg. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. First Wednesday, you know that? All right, first Wednesday means we're going to do we're going to do healing stuff tonight. If you knew already knew that, then keep knowing that. If you didn't know that and you need healing in your body, this is the right place to be. You're at the right time, right place. You're about to have an experience with God, God's mercy and grace and His power, and uh, praise God. And if you're neither of the above, you're just here and you don't know why you're here, uh, I believe the Lord has a, has a purpose for you being here. And so listen close, amen, and be yielded. Thank you, Lord. If you have a Bible with you, uh, find the book of Acts, chapter 1. The book of Acts, chapter 1. If you don't have one, don't have a Bible app or something like that, just listen, listen real good, real close. And I want to just share a few things with you on our way to, uh, in a little bit, we're going to lay hands on the sick. And they're going to recover. Amen. When we put our hands on you, God's power will go right into your body. And it will affect a healing and a cure. Amen, amen, amen. In Acts, the very first chapter and the very first verse, chapter 1, verse 1, it reads, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Now, sometimes we quickly read over verses like that because it just sounds like an intro. Sounds like a hi. And so let's get on to the meat. Let's get on to the message of what he's writing. But this gives us some insights that I'm actually basing everything I say on tonight, right there in the first verse. Uh, Notice he said, the former account I made. The former account that he's talking about is the book of Luke, okay? This, he, Luke is the writer of the book called Luke and the book called Acts. And so when he references the former account, he is talking about the gospel account of Luke. And he's writing to Theophilus, which may have been a dude named Theophilus, uh, I guess. You know, if you look at that word Theo, you know that's the, the word for, for God. And, and you can see the other half of his name is friend. And so his name kind of means friend of God. And so that's interesting. Maybe he's just writing to anyone who called himself a friend of God. Uh, But given in an orderly account of some of these events that that took place. But notice uh, the language he used. He said, what I want to write to you about uh, in the former account was of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. All right. Well, obviously, if he began... And, and, and Luke covered not only uh, the beginning of his life and his, his ministry life and then his crucifixion and his resurrection and some events that took place after the resurrection and his ascension on high. Uh, and he said that was the beginning of what Jesus started to do. That was the beginning of his ministry. Huh? Someone might think, well, that was the beginning, the middle, and the end. No, it was actually just the beginning. Okay, when Jesus was here physically on the earth, he was getting things going. 
he was starting ministry and because that was the beginning of it there really is no ending the Lord today is still doing the same thing he did while he was here on the earth all right and so the ministry of Jesus began it didn't stop and what continues today then well what continues now what the Lord is continuing to do today is the exact same thing that he began while physically here on the earth so we if someone wants to say well what is Jesus doing now well he's doing the same thing he did then that was the beginning we're the latter part of it otherwise you would you would disconnect those you would say he did this but now he's doing something else but if he began to do this then he then the continuation of that must look the same otherwise it's not a continuation of what Jesus did and what Jesus taught did you see that uh, and so if we have a continuation of the ministry of Jesus it must look just like the, the ministry of Jesus and if you follow that through that thought if you read the book of Acts and you go to the last chapter of Acts you notice it doesn't say the end because it's not really one of those kinds of books where it has the beginning an introduction then an ending a conclusion <laughs> you know it's one of the it's just an orderly account it, get, it tells us what took place and all of a sudden it kind of stops right in the middle of stuff well, it went up to a certain time period, and that's all the record that we have. It's enough to give us a picture of what was taking place, but the book of Acts is still continuing on today, all right? Uh, and maybe it's being written, you know, in heaven, I don't know. But, 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 but the book of Acts continues. You can see how the Lord did not finish. Now, what would Jesus do? Sometimes people ask that question, what would Jesus do in any given situation? Well, what he would do is what he did do. We could look at what Jesus did do. He is no less involved in ministry today than he was while he was physically here. Uh, if he could teach then, he can teach now. If he could heal then, then he could heal now. Right? Uh, and so Jesus began, according to this verse, both to do and to teach. He began to... Uh, both to do and to teach the ministry of Jesus was not then nor is it today just teaching Did everybody get that some have implied or, or presented it in such a way in fact many modern day churches the only extension of the ministry of Jesus is teaching and you would have to alter this and say well uh, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to teach. Because that's the only part that continues in some circles. But that's not accurate. That's not correct. That's not what the Lord is doing today. And so we must go beyond teaching. We must also have doing. Yeah, The ministry, he is still today both doing and teaching. Now, if you would look over at, at the book of Matthew, Matthew the ninth chapter. I don't want to be, uh, you know, one with words and no power. Um, the ministry of Jesus, you can see that he did things that would alter the mind. It would alter the thinking of, of how, 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 change how someone thought. But it would also alter people's bodies, meaning healing. 
okay? He changed the way they thought, and he, and he changed their minds so they would be different in both regards. Now, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, it reads, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages. And what did he do there? It says, Teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You can see that was a consistent uh, threefold part uh, or manifestation of what Jesus did in his ministry. There was always teaching, which is an explanation. There was preaching, which is a proclamation. And then there was healing. But it was never just words. It was always both words and spirits. It was, it, was also, it was always a revelation of truth. But then when revelation of truth comes, people are set free. That's when the power kicks in. When you know the right, when you've got a word from God and you know what truth is, there will always be power present to back up that truth. Okay? And, and, and that's, what, that's, what, that's what Jesus did. And, and, and someone might say today, well, you know, certainly God can heal, but we can't. Um, well, w would you also say that about teaching? That, that certainly God could teach, but, you know, we can't. I mean, we can't teach. Only God can teach. And my question is, why would we draw such a distinction between the two? Why would we make one easy and one difficult? Why would we put one within our ability but take the other one with, uh, uh, away from our ability? When the Bible consistently put those things together and the ministry of Jesus was not natural when he's teaching and, quote, supernatural when he was healing, huh? Because there were others that could teach in that, what do what I mean by that? They could explain things. I'm telling you the ministry of Jesus, when he taught, when he prot, uh, preached when when he uh, when he healed how many know all three components of that were were God things he was anointed there was power on him it, it was heaven moving whenever he did any of those but now we think well teaching you know we can do that that's natural healing that's hard no same spirit same God who would explain and reveal something to you, same God who would just tell you straight like it is, is the same God who heals your body. And with Him, one is not more difficult than the other. Hallelujah. So why do we say that? So we think the same. When we categorize and make some works of God hard, difficult, unattainable, unreachable, and other things easy, What's going to happen? We're going to receive from God the easy stuff. And the other parts we'll just never experience because not because it's difficult for him. Nothing is too difficult for him. But because we've made it a major deal in our own minds. And so we level the playing field. We see Jesus both did and he taught. And he went around teaching, preaching, and healing. The reality is that true teaching is god doing it and true healing is God doing it but both of those happen through human vessels amen now I know this when I share the gospel with someone I find it amazing honestly the power of God that's present in sharing forgiveness of sins and eternal life 
How that you can just share a few words and tell people Jesus did this for you and uh, you've sinned and Jesus bore your sin and he was raised from the dead and, uh, and just a few words like that and people will say, yeah, I'm going to give my life to him. Really? I mean, how is that natural at all? I mean, how could one human being persuade someone else to do that? And without even being overly persuasive, just tell them. Well, that's God all over that. See, see, that's not any less God than someone who has a tumor that disappears. It's God the same. I, I remember uh, years ago I was sharing the gospel with a, uh, a teenage girl, and I ended up leading her to the Lord. She prayed, made Jesus the Lord and Savior of her life. And then she was writing, uh, after that sometimes, she was writing a testimony. She's writing it down. It's a good idea. She was writing a testimony of what happened to her. And in her testimony, because I read it, she gave it to me. And, and she said, uh, Mark Boer saved me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I had a little messianic complex for a few minutes there, and, and uh, no, I didn't really, but I kind of I laughed at it. I thought, I saved you? <laughs> and how many know I did not save her? Uh, I was an agent used of God to bring the truth, but Jesus is the Savior. Same thing, really, we could say with healing. Even though we're involved in the process, ultimately, he's the healer. Okay, I'm not saving anybody, I'm not healing anybody per se, but I'm, I'm a vessel. And, and, and it's the same way with Jesus. Um, it's God working through people. He'll always do it this way, and he'll, he's doing it this way tonight. He works through people to get his power to others. All right, L notice these verses in, in Acts chapter 2. Do you still have Acts? Well, it's still there, I bet, if you... I bet if you go back there, it'll still be there. <laughs> Unless you're like that little boy who came to church one day, and he, he walked in, walked into the front door, and he had his Bible with him, and the pastor was, was there saying hi to people, and, and uh, he said to little Johnny, he said, little Johnny, I see your Bible. There's something wrong with your Bible. And uh, he opened it up, and there were no pages in it. He said, well, what's going on here? There's only covers. Where's the, where's the, where's the rest of your Bible? He said, pastor, every time you said something wasn't for today, I tore that page out. This is all I have left. All right, so hopefully you didn't do that. Acts will still be there. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 2, um, notice verse 22. It says, it says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did, look, through him, through him in your midst as you yourselves also know. Now, now watch. We usually don't have any problem at all giving credit to Jesus. Jesus healed. Jesus saved. Jesus delivered. Jesus did all these amazing things. But I want you to notice the language used in the Scripture describing how Jesus did it. Do you know how he did it? God Speaking of God the Father, God did it through him. How did Jesus heal? God did it through him. How did Jesus teach? God did it through him. 
How did Jesus do, do all the amazing things? It was God working through him. Well, wait a minute. That sounds a whole lot like the way it works now with us. Exactly. That's why when Jesus began both to do and to teach, and he continues to both to do and to teach today, it works the same way in and through us as it did with him. Huh? And so he's continuing to teach today. Yeah. He's continuing to heal today. He's continuing to do the things that he began many years ago. Hallelujah. So it was really the Father working through him. Uh, amen. You think that God has the ability to work through us as well? Or, or is he limited? He can't do that? I tell you, this was the plan all along. It was never God's intention that Jesus would come on strong and hit everything with tremendous force and then he would leave and it would be diminished. And healings and these type of things would go down. No, it was always the Lord's intention that Jesus would get things started. He would be an example for us. Of course, there's the whole redemptive side that he did on his own. Uh, but then he would set a precedent because as soon as he left, he would continue that ministry. Miracles, teaching, preaching, none of that stuff would go down in quality or in quantity or in effectiveness. But what, what would happen? Just the opposite. It, it, it would all go up. That it was always God's plan that the moment Jesus took off, the Spirit of God came, was poured out, and, and on the day of Pentecost, fell upon the church, what would happen? Miracles would increase. They'd be more than when Jesus was here. Teaching would increase. They'd be more than when Jesus was here. Preaching would increase. There would be more preaching than when Jesus was here. And see, what's, what, what's happened is some have believed something wrong, and the result of that wrong belief has caused these types of healings and miracles to be diminished instead of increased. Increase is what God has sought the whole time. That's his plan. It's the way it's supposed to be. Everybody okay? Some of you are familiar with John 14, 12. Remember uh, when Jesus said, those who believe in me, the works that I do, shall, he said, shall he do also, and greater works than these because I go to my Father. Not I'm leaving, so the works are going to get smaller. No, they're going to be greater. When I leave, more stuff happens. When I, when I leave, greater things take place. Okay? This is why we want to think like this. I'll give you this other verse just to, uh, for time's sake. In fact, if you'll look over with me at Philippians chapter 2, I'll read to you uh, John chapter 5 and verse 19. John 5, 19. It reads, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he sees... For what, whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. So you can see the way that things took place, both teaching, preaching, and healing in the ministry of the Lord Jesus with tremendous results was him saying, I can't do it, but the Father is working through me to do it. Why is this so important? This is so important. So It's so that we realize and our faith can rise in the, the potential of what God can do here right now because it's no different from what God could do then at that time. Jesus yielded, we yield. Jesus was a vessel, we are vessels. God worked through him then. God works through him through us now. And it's no different except for more. Amen. So I sure wish I could be in one of those meetings with Jesus. Well, why? They're not as good. 
That sounds like blasphemy. <laughs> well, he's the one that said we'd do greater works. What would you, what, which meeting would you rather be in? The lesser works meeting or the greater works meeting? <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, change our thinking a little bit, huh? Do you think maybe that the power of God, the ability for God to work is ever diminished by how we think of it? Because we think, oh, this is lesser. Sure wish I could be in the greater. No, this is the greater. Amen. Amen. Say it out loud with me. Say, I believe I am in the middle of a great move of God. Greater works happen in my life, around me, and through me. In this place, God moves more than he did when Jesus was here on the earth. Hallelujah. Well, one, one reason for that, you know, is because uh, when, when Jesus was on the earth, he could be described, we could look back and say Jesus was the body of Christ. He was the entire body of Christ. Now it's us. Huh? The Spirit of God was in one. Now the Spirit of God has been poured out on all and now we are the body of Christ and what Jesus could do then you can do and you can do and you can do and I can do today that same spirit that was upon him is upon us there's a reason we're called Christians and if you're not a believer yet I understand that and you can just kind of see what we're talking about but a Christian means you're anointed a Christian means you Christ means the anointed one when you have that that anointing what anointing is that that's the same power that was on Jesus. It's on you. The more you'll acknowledge that power, the more you'll give place to it, the more you'll see it manifest. I began to see this many years ago when I started acknowledging. And I would just say, and I've done it today again, but I, I, for many years I say, the power of God's on me. I'd say, I'm anointed to preach. I'm anointed to heal. I'm anointed to do the works of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to heal the sick. And, to, and I, would, I would say, that. why am I saying that? To get God to do something? No, to align my thinking with reality. Because the reality of this natural fleshly world says you're pathetic, says you're good for nothing, you're powerless, you're weak, you're just, you're only human. You can't really do anything. But the revelation of truth, and this is reality, is no, the Spirit of God is here and He's for me and not against me. His Spirit is upon me and, and I, when I stretch out my hands, He stretches out His hands. Huh? When I speak, I speak the words of God, He backs them up with all of heaven. That's truth. That's the way things really are. That's why we've got to be stirred up to remind ourselves. You stare at the TV all day long and live a natural world. You eat your lunch and drive down the road and take a shower and start it all over again. And, and just naturally minded, you're unaware of reality. The reality is the Spirit of God is here, and we live in a time for greater works to be done. We are, like, we, are, uh, we are men and women, sons and daughters living in the last days and outpouring. When we prophesy, we see visions, we have dreams, huh? And the Spirit of God does great things in our midst. Normal is the operation of God. Totally weird is if you live a powerless life. Man, you guys are weird over there. No, you're weird, not over here. <laughs> Why? Why do I say that? Well, what's weird? No God. Prayers that aren't answered. Huh? When you don't see, the, 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 you don't see teaching, preaching, and healing, that's totally weird. 
All right, I didn't plan on saying all that, but I think it was good anyway. Uh, in, in, do you find Philippians? All right. Philippians chapter 2, notice verse 13. It reads, for it is God, it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. When it, when it was Jesus, how could we describe that? It was God. It was the Father working where? In him to do what? The Father's will. And he would speak and he would act and he would do according to that inner working of the Father in his life. And great things transponded, transpired as a result of that. What happens, when, what happens in us today? There's a reason we're talking about this. There's a reason we want to see people well. There's a reason when you see someone suffering or you're suffering yourself, you're grieved on the inside. I'm telling you why you don't like that. It's because your Father in heaven doesn't like that. God loves us. He, he doesn't want it to be that way. And so we're moved. We're stirred. And the Lord is trying to get over to us reality, the way things really are. And when we get it, that's God all over that. He works in us to will and to do. Huh? Not just to want it. Well, my heart is right. No, beyond the heart. Start with the heart and move into the do. To do his good pleasure. Amen. And so, uh, uh, amen. Why do we do uh, the works of Jesus? Because he is working in us to do them. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the ages, God has found people who believed that they could be used of him. Some had to be convinced. Some had to be told multiple times that really this is possible. You know, you might recall the story of Gideon, how he was hiding and he was a scaredy cat. But an angel came and told him, he called him and said, You're, you are a mighty man of valor. Sometimes we need that because we don't think, we don't see ourselves the way that God sees us. We don't see our potential. We don't see what can be. Uh, but we're still doing that today. The Lord is helping us to do that, to, to show people, to say things to people, to reveal to them the way things really are. Uh, you know, I remember... Um, I remember years ago doing a doing a youth camp uh, up in up in Cascade or up in uh, McCall, uh, and uh, and one of the young ladies that that came down, um, uh, people were being ministered to up front and prayed for, laid hands on them, and and uh, and I whispered in this one uh, young lady's ear, uh, and no one else heard this, but now I'm mic'd. Um, uh, and I whispered in, in her ear, I said, your, your, your mom says you're a whore, but the Lord says it's not true. And she collapsed and fell onto the floor. And she was ministered to. She had a certain view of herself. And it was helped by others by putting that into her. In her mouth. But the Lord wanted her to have a new picture of herself. Wanted her to see herself a new way. See, the Lord's dealing with reality. People oftentimes believe lies about themselves. People, even when it comes to physical conditions, people say, uh, 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 pe people, um, they, they, they think the way it is is the way it has to be. They, they believe the way this condition is, that's just the way I was born, or that's the, the lot I drew in life, I got unlucky, or this something happened to me, and it's just nothing I can do about it. Who says? You call yourself sick or diseased or, or label yourself with a certain, you know, Name. I'm a diabetic. I'm a, uh, I'm a, whatever. You know, different conditions. As people say, I'm this. The Lord doesn't say that about you. 
you'll never hear him call you that. Huh? You'll never hear him refer to you with that disease as if it's your middle name. But he will call you whole. He will say you are redeemed. He will say you have been bought with a price. He will say I have created you in my image. He will call you healed. And the moment we embrace this new identity and say, yes, I'm, I believe what the Lord has said about me is true. It is He is faithful, and I am what He says I am. And I have what He says I have. And I can do what He says I can do. Then we rise up and we begin to become, we begin to uh, reflect the very nature and potential of God in our lives. And why would He, well, how does this work? It works like this. He's working in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure so we think like him we look like him we act like him and there's God all over the place and the devil doesn't stand a chance hallelujah and so he's been finding people throughout the ages uh, someone who would believe in him uh, someone who would believe not just that God is but they would believe that God could actually work in their life that he could use them for, for great things, that he could accomplish great things in and through their life. And I tell you, he fa he's found a bunch of people throughout history. And uh, good news, he found some more in Boise. Some people that would actually believe it. And here he goes again, <laughs> shaking people up and shaking things out. And, uh, and God is at work. We are his Vessels. You know what a vessel is. A vessel is some. It contains something, something notable, something of value. So you call it a a vessel. We're called in Scripture different places. You can read about different individuals who were called vessels of God. We're referred to as vessels. And what's the focus there? Well, it's not so much about the container. It's about what's in the container. That's the focus. I don't want to be a, you know, I don't want to be a label with nothing in the can have a can, a nice label, and you open it up and there's nothing there. Uh, but when we're called a vessel, it's because we're designed to, care, to be carriers. You, you were created by God. You were recreated in Christ when you are born again. But your, your, your purpose is to be a carrier of something that's from heaven. You're, you're, you're a vessel that carries a part of Him, His potential, His might, His power, His goodness. And, and, and when we recognize that, the, that you are a vessel, you're not just a container, you're not just a can with a label. There's something rich inside of you. There's something valuable. There's something important. There, watch, there's something of God inside of each and every one of us. And when we see ourselves as vessels, man, I'm carrying something. Huh? I'm a carrier of this thing. <laughs> and it's something that heals the sick and, and, uh, and changes lives. But we are his vessels. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7 reads this way. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. What is it? We have a treasure. Where is it? In earthen vessels. What's the earthen vessel? That's just us. That's our bodies. That's our natural part. We're containers of something that is of God, and it's not of us. Yeah. Yeah, we should be mindful and be, and be stirred up about this in our hearts, that what we do and what we're capable of in life is not all just about what we see in the mirror or what we know about ourselves, not just our natural selves, our outward being. You're a container. You're a vessel. There's something of God there. The potential of your life is within, not on the outside. There's something of God in you. Acknowledge that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
I believe that God is uh, able to work through me because I know this. There's something in me. There's something in me. And when I tap into it and I yield to it, God is on display. He gets the glory because it's not about the container, but it's about what's inside. And I'm convinced of this, uh, that God is able to work through me. He's able to work through me. And I've discovered, I kind of mentioned this already, but over the years when I've given attention to that, when I've given a focus to that, and I've been mindful of that and stirred myself up in that regard, that I begin to see greater and greater things happen through, happen through me. Yeah. So, so it'd be wrong when we, we start diminishing ourselves. I'm nothing. I'm just, you know, we criticize or look down or people compliment and you say, ah, no. Listen, you're a container that God created. Don't diminish it. Don't poke any holes in that thing. <laughs> There's something valuable in, in there, and we want, we, want to, we want to give it that, that, that value. As I've given attention to that, I've seen many, many people healed. And the more I think about it, many, many healings transpire the more I'm God-conscious and God-inside-minded. I'm, I'm aware that I'm a, a vessel. I'm aware that there's a treasure inside of me. Many, many people uh, are healed as a result. And, and like we said from the beginning here tonight, uh, Jesus began both to do and to teach. And he went about teaching, preaching, and healing. What's he doing today? He's teaching, he's preaching, and he's healing. He was the body of Christ, and now we are the body of Christ. And the same things that happened in his ministry happened in our ministry and happened in this church that happened in Jesus' meetings and more. And greater works than these because he left and spread the Holy Spirit out. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that today? Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our lives and in our midst. Thank you for the great and mighty Holy Spirit. Lord, we yield ourselves to you. We give place to you. You can move us. You can change our thinking. You can cause our lives to go a different direction. For those who are at a fork in the road, they're at a, they have to make a choice as far as which direction to go. I thank you, Lord. Move on them now that they may yield to you, that they may respond to your direction, that they may respond to your, your urging. And I thank you, Father, right now that the Spirit of God begins to manifest all over the place and bodies are healed, ha, 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 and sicknesses are removed and diseases are killed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All the glory, all the praise, all the honor belong to you. Thank you, Lord. We give it all to you, all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. I want to lay hands on the sick for anyone who wants hands laid on the strip. I'm, I'm ready to go because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And He has anointed me. If you want healing in your body, you want hands laid on, uh, follow the usher's instructions and come now. And, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll do this. We'll do this. Here, here's, here's one condition, though. Conditional. Conditional deal here. Uh, if you come, you must receive. Amen. Everybody, deal? Don't come and see. Don't come and not receive. Come, receive. That means as soon as you turn around and walk away, it's done. 
it's forever done. You are no longer the person with the limp or the bad eye or the cancer or the, or the no, 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 that, that ends right here. We'll vacuum it up when we leave. It ends right here. We will lay, lay hands on you according to the word of God. Jesus told us to do it. We'll lay hands on you and it's done from that point. Forever settled in heaven, the word of God is unshakable. It will, not, it will not bend to anyone's problem here today. The Word of God will not back down. Amen. So every problem, every condition, every symptom in your body, every, every growth, every tumor, every, every disease, whatever it is, it all changes right now. That's our deal. Thank you, Father, for the Spirit of God moving in our midst. I thank you for that anointing. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.